Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I was legit offered the weight loss surgery. (laughs) Welcome to Crush the Podcast, brought to you by the Believe. I just literally, I'm so excited. I forgot who we are. I know. I, I watched, was like, by the, I watched you look for the words. I know. I know. <laughs> Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Kristen Lyons, and I'm joined today by my cousin and co-host. Aaron Raiderstorff. Okay, and guys, we're joined by literally, I would say, the closest friend we have to this podcast. Mm. Our first guest, uh, a friend extraordinaire. And guys, 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 guys. She was part of LuLaRoe. And not she wasn't she, just part of LuLaRoe. She may or may not have crocheted a blanket that was on the couch <laughs> during, yeah, Aaron doesn't. Okay, I didn't we, know that. Yeah. Today we are going to do some chatting. I haven't even said her name. <laughs> <laughs> what, Marcia, I'm not even going to say your name. You say your name. You say who you are. Tell us everything. Hello. Um, it's good to be back, Kirsten and Aaron. Um, I am Marcia Lane McGee. Um, first guest, forever guest. You know, you know how this works. Yes. <laughs> Taylor Swift aficionado. Taylor and Swift. also former LuLaRoe consultant. If you haven't seen, there's a documentary. It's a four-part documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Lula Rich. It kind of really delves into LuLaRoe. And it, it talks with a ton of the main players between the couple that founded it to people that are not with the company anymore to people that are still with the company, consultants that are still with the company. So I think they do actually a really good job of telling the story. Um, but you know what they didn't do they didn't find marcia and they didn't interview marcia but we did and it's an exclusive and it's here and it's now on crush the Bible. hey guys it's kirsten okay real quick this was the fastest turnaround we've ever had an episode. We recorded it Wednesday and it is going up right now. Um, that's two days. It originally was a two hour and nine minute episode and we got it down to just over an hour. So um, enjoy that. Hopefully the edits are gone. And we're so excited that Marcia is sharing her story with us and so honored that she chose us to share it with. But during the course, you'll find out kind of the catalyst, the jumping off point for why she eventually left LuLaRoe is an article of clothing. We all talked about it as a group and we felt like we are not going to share it on our socials. Um, So if you would like to look it up, which I really encourage you to because you will hear Aaron and my complete shock that this item exists, you can just Google it on your own. All right. Other than that, um, you should uh, join our Patreon. Patreon. You should, you know, that thing because, yeah, this. We love you. Okay, bye. Do you want me to read the Lula Rich Amazon Prime description? Oh, Marcy is so cute. Yes. Okay. So this is how Amazon Prime describes their um, docuseries. Lula Rich is a four-part docuseries that chronicles the unraveling of LuLaRoe. Known for their buttery soft leggings, the infamous multi-level marketing company went viral, promising young mothers a work-from-home salvation. LuLaRoe's eccentric founders recruited an astonishing army of independent retailers to peddle its increasingly bizarre and defective clothing products until it all went wrong. I also love the unraveling. What a visual. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so. They got a Weezer vibe, right? Like the, the sweater song. Like someone definitely pulled the string and walked away. <laughs> um, 
Marcia, what would be, if you were telling us a little bit about LuLaRoe, you, like maybe we're interested in the company, what would you, what would you have said? Oh my gosh, I'm so far removed. I was like, <laughs> what would I have said? Um, I, I would have told you that LuLaRoe is an up and coming fashion brand that specializes in um, minimal batches of um, prints and clothing. Here's the thing right off the bat, I am not an MLM type recruiter person, right? If I find something I like, I will sell it and I will make what I make selling it. And do you, like, I, I don't, I don't bring people in. It's kind of like my life with Jesus. It's like, it's great for me. It's awesome for me. I'll tell you all the benefits and what I do, but I'm not going to try and reel you in. You get to choose right. it on your own. <laughs> and that's seriously how I always was. And, um, and so it was really about, I, I sold the clothes. I didn't sell the brand. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that, that was really, my focus was I have these clothes. I have these people. Let me put these people in these clothes. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of what I did. And that's kind of where I took it from. It was never about bonus checks and all these other things. And you know what I mean? Like I, um, let me, let me start from the beginning. Summer 2015, my one, a, a former friend of mine, she and I are mm -hmm. no longer friends. Um, we've been friends for a really long time and she was doing a different MLM at the time. Yeah. Like it was her first time doing an MLM before and she was really, really good at it. Um, and it's funny because in retrospect, I think she has a spending problem. I think that she was good at it because she bought all the stuff. <laughs> well, that's one of the things. I mean, so in all MLMs that I mm -hmm. know of, the way it works, multi-level marketing, yes. the difference between a multi-level marketing, we'll say in a pyramid scheme is multi-level marketing. You are the, the, the supposed thing is that you are selling a real product and you are making, you should be making the bulk of your money from selling the product, not from acquiring people to come underneath you and start what's called the downline. So yes. you have an upline and a downline and, and it looks very similar to a triangle or a pyramid. Um, but a lot of times to stay on those levels and, you know, in um, Rodan and Fields to get a Lexus or all these different things, you have to sell a certain amount of product each month and you have yes. to have a certain amount of people underneath you. And if you don't, then you can't basically keep the Lexus or, you know, stay in right. that bracket, stay in that bonus bonus bracket. And one of the things is like you were saying, is a lot of women actually spend their own money buying product just to stay at that thing. So it's kind yes. of this weird, like hamster wheel of a vicious. Cycle, exactly. Basically. And it really is. And mm -hmm. she was in an MLM. Um, mm -hmm. She sold Jamberry. Those are the those the nails, on, like right? the nails yes. with the like, nail stickers. Yeah. And those are super fun and they're consumable. So I'm like, mm -hmm. yes, of course you'll do well. Those are consumable. Yeah. I was with a different MLM and it was handbags and I loved it. And I was like, I, cause I, I love a good purse. Listen, I'm an American woman. I love stuff to put my stuff in. So <laughs> let's just be real. Um, and so I was doing that. I'd been doing that for about maybe three years at that okay. point. And she calls me and she's like, Hey, um, have you heard of LuLaRoe? And I was like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I go, who? Right. I was right, like, because no. and I, but just like everyone else, I was like, do you mean Lululemon? And so like, that's what everyone kept saying. Everyone's like, you mean Lululemon? And she was like, yeah, no, put is so that together. I feel real. Yeah. Right now. She's like, no, it's this clothing brand. I went over to uh, someone's house. They were having the pop-up party and I went right. and it was really, really great. And I was, and she was like, I, I was really great about it. I loved all these clothes. And she's a person who struggled with her body as she had kids and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. She also really struggled with her confidence a lot. Mm. And when she was doing Jamberry, it really helped with her confidence. Like they tell you when 
they're doing a whole MLM thing. If you're doing the program as they train, as it's trained, it will help you talk to people. It will increase your confidence and, and you know, your self-esteem. It's a lot totally. of affirmation and community right? and along the way. Exactly. So she was like getting that already from doing the Jamberry's out of business. So that's why I'm not my naming it, but um, oh, they are. Yeah. They've been out for a long time, but, um, oh, gosh, so I'm going to try not to name other MLMs, but so she was doing that for a while. Are you okay she, to name the MLM that you have very good feelings about? Yes, I am. I am. Okay. So yeah, actually I will. That's a good idea. So yeah. I, I was doing 31 at the time mm -hmm. and those are the bags. So she was doing Jamberry. I was doing 31. It was great. But I also was like, I'm not doing Jamberry. Like don't mm. sell me any Jamberry things. I will not buy Jamberry things. Right. <laughs> like, and it's because it, the nails got caught in my hair and it would <laughs> pop off like the stickers. They, and I was yeah, like, I was say yeah. Stickers, right? And okay. I have really coarse hair. Like I'm a right. whole black woman and I'm like, I've got whole black woman hair. And so I was like, yeah, you have not heard the first episode. Um, when uh, she talks about, <laughs> talks about being a whole black woman and I just need everyone to go back and listen to it. Get the stick. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> One of the interesting things that I, when I've been talking to people about Lula Rich was, you know, nobody in my community, because I grew up in like a, a pretty city area, has heard of LuLaRoe, not a soul. Um, yeah. My more rural college town got hit hard by LuLaRoe and got hit hard by Jamberry. Jamberry was so big in Fredericksburg. It's crazy just the the regional differences of people that are like, no, I, I didn't hear of this, even even the whole scandal, which in my opinion was everywhere. I was seeing it all over Twitter and Facebook mm -hmm. and there are people that just right over their heads. And that's how it was at 31 too, right? Like I was living in Terre Haute, Indiana when I started doing 31. And when I moved there, everyone's like, hey, someone's having a 31 party. And I go, oh, she's turning 31. <laughs> like, like, I didn't know. I grew up in Chicago, Illinois, mm -hmm. right? Um, we like where we buy like, you know, coach and Louis Vuitton and totally. it just happens, right? I learned about but LuLaRoe when we lived in Phoenix. I had never heard of it. I obviously we'd been in, I'd been in LA for 13 years, never heard of it. Went to Phoenix and this girl was like, Hey, we're having a LuLaRoe party. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't even Did you go to the party? Lived. Oh, I went to the party. There was so much product. Girlfriend had like, I'm very interested yeah. to know as you get into like girlfriend had tubs and hangers and Z racks. And I mean, I tried on probably 15 things and every single thing I was like, I don't look good in this. I don't look good in this. I don't look good in this. If I were your consultant, I would have had you in it. Listen, I, I and it's so funny. Like I, everyone loved coming to my pop-ups. Yes. I would just be oh. like, and this is how you wear this. And then you do this and then you pull this and this is how, and they're like, what? They were like, leave the pop-up in the clothes. Like, oh, I love and that. so like, we had a really, I had a really good time. Um, so, so anyway, so she was like, I found out about this little row thing and da, da, da. And she's like, I think I want to do this next. And I go, no, no, you stick with the Jamberry because she's also someone who gets like really overwhelmed. And I was like really concerned for her. I was okay. like, this sounds real crazy. And she was explaining all of this. And I was like, yeah, that's like front loading stock. I could not do that. Right. Like, and that was where, and I was just kind of talking to her about that. Mm -hmm. And like, just, I'm like, you have to buy your inventory. Pink Cadillac is like, yes, that. Yes, yes. Pink Cadillac doesn't like that. And so she's like, no, 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 it's not like that. Um, you know, and then, so she started talking more and more about it. She learned more and more about it. Okay. Um, and I was like, I don't think you should do it. And I was just very honest with her. I was like, I don't think you should do it. Like, I don't think for your mental health that that's something that you should do. Cause I know her very well. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, but she decided to do it. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then she was doing it really, really well. She was doing a crazy good job. Like, right. Okay. And I was like, what? And then she ends up having a fundraiser for my youth group. And I'm watching oh, like, wow. see all these, like she gets all these clothes shipped. We just, we just sold a bunch of her stuff, um, through 
like helping my youth group, helping us get like to our, like, our mission trip. And mm. I was like, this is really awesome. And I was watching like the frenzy of it. And it was really exciting. And she's like, yeah, I hit trainer. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. And that was when you have three people under you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I did, I go, and here's my thing. Okay. This is my thing. She was the biggest selling point for me as I watched her go through it. And then I asked her and that one day I was like, how do you, how do you pitch this? Like, how do you tell people what this mm-hmm. is? She goes, I haven't pitched it to anyone. And I go, what do you mean? She's like, well, people come to the pop-ups and they see how well I'm doing. And then they ask me about it. And then I tell them, and she's like, she was a math teacher. So she's like very facts. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. she's like, I just tell them all this and I tell them how much I make when they ask and da da da, And then they sign up. And I was like, okay. Right. So it was like this whole business model was like, these clothes are great and bright and fun. And, you know, and if you're willing to be daring, you can wear them. And then this model business model was great because people were just coming to you to sign up. Okay. Okay. So I'm not, uh, I'm not hating it, you know, and I watched her, you're softening up towards it. Yeah. Right. And so like I watched her like, and here's the thing. I was skeptical the entire time because I had been in direct sales for a long time. I thought I'm like, Lulu was way too new for me to know what's going on Got with it. them. And the way that she was explaining it to me and I go, that doesn't really happen. Like, uh, I was like the direct selling or, um, association doesn't really allow for that. And do you know what I mean? And I right. was like, you know, confused about certain things and whatever. And, you know, and then, but as I watched her grow and I just watched her do everything, then she earned a cruise. Like she earned the cruise like really quick. Like she was like one of the last possible people who could have like qualified for it. She qualified for it and went up another rank. And her husband was like, I have no interest in going on this cruise. Please call Marcia. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I was like, okay, I'll go on the cruise with you. Before, like, I want to say maybe, maybe two weeks before the cruise, I decided I decided that I was going to join. So I got in the queue and I was for anybody that doesn't know, it's not like you could just sign up for it. Right. You, you signed up online a little bit and then you got in this queue and this queue took what six, it was six months, right? It was, well, well, at one point it was six months, but at that point when I, Uh when I was, by the time I got in the queue, um, they projected me between seven and 10 weeks. Q's numbers kept moving because of how they weren't getting people in quick enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to hire more people to sign people up and things like that. I remember she was frustrated because I didn't get my paperwork in fast enough because she would have gotten certain bonuses had I gotten in the queue. And I was like earlier. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like I have a whole full-time job, right? It's just one of those things like, Listen, like I said, I am a black woman in America. Right. I should be skeptical. <laughs> I should always be skeptical. You have the right to you have the right to be skeptical. I'm gonna go on this cruise. I'm gonna look these people in the face. I'm gonna see what they're all about. I'm gonna learn a little mm-hmm. bit more about them because I'm so confused. I think this is growing really fast. I was like, okay, I'm like, I don't have space for this. So then I was like, okay, so then I like start like there was a storage locker like walking distance from my apartment okay. do you know what I mean and I was yeah, like so okay like setting everything up in motion if you decide after yes if I decide so I'm kind of you know looking into it um I have a few pieces like well that's not true I had a lot of LuLaRoe right <laughs> <laughs> so I had a, I posted a pop-up mm-hmm. and then I got a bunch of free clothes from the pop-up right, right and then I had a friend from high school who was also selling it and she was local and I would go to her house and I would pick out things and I would buy them. And then my other friend from high school's 
best friend was selling it and I would go right. to her house and buy, you know what I mean? Like I was like, and because that's the other thing is that because the, the way they did it, which was honestly genius is they only cut a certain amount of, of prints, whatever that, like, it was like 3000 or something, yes. but those would be spread out. Nobody gets to pick what you get and be yeah. spread out all over the country. Yeah. People are looking for a pair of pants in their size. So they have to like, like you're saying, I'm going to different friends. I'm finding what, what yeah. works in my size and everything. But then I'm also going online anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So, and so like, I have a bunch of LuLaRoe. So I go on the cruise and I'm like, you know, you know, wearing my LuLaRoe styling it the way I style it and my clothes, but like, I never went full on, like everything I'm wearing right now was LuLaRoe. Right. Like, not until that came much later, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did come. And I looked adorable. Everyone was like saying, Oh my gosh, she looks so cute. Blah, blah, blah. The very first um, day I met Deanne and Mark. Deanne and Mark are the owners, founders, creators, everything of LuLaRoe. Yes. And they are featured prominently in this documentary. And they are um, interesting. And we're yes, pretty sure that they did not know what this documentary was about. Um, or... Oh, no, no. That's their hubris, man. They are pretty. They, mm, I'm sure they knew. They thought that was their way of being like, whatever. It's no big wolf. We don't yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, listen. Okay. Have you seen the morning show? Yes. It yes, reminds yes. me of when he's like, I have to go on the interview. I have to do this. And everybody's like, shut up, lay yep. low, be quiet. Yep. He's like, no, I got to do this. Like that's, yeah. Well, I also just got this vibe that I was like, or they totally knew what it was. And they are so fully delusional that people yes. will be on their side, mm-hmm. yeah. no matter yes. what they see. Also and they didn't that. sit for a second interview. Yeah. Also, yeah. They did not. They, yeah, they declined it. That one <laughs> but, where he's like, my lawyers wouldn't be okay. And I was like, yeah, oh. it's like, no, they would not. Okay. So go ahead. So, you're no, the so, so I met them that first mm-hmm. night and like, my friend was like, oh my gosh, you have to meet them. And I was like, I, I really don't care. Right, Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I was like, I'm on this free cruise. I like, whatever. This is one instance of my life where I really would have preferred to be a fly on the wall because I wanted to get an honest right. assessment. I remember the first time I met them, um, she was like, oh, nice to meet you. But it was also, uh, isn't it nice to meet me as well? Right. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know who you are. Is she Tammy Faye Baker? Is he Jim Baker? Okay. I'm like, they had give me some Jim and Tammy Faye vibes, you know, but it also could just be like, God doesn't want you to be poor. God wants you to be rich. Right. Exactly. And I think that also, I think it was also maybe their charisma. Mm, And I was like, okay, maybe that's it because all these other women were really great and they were really cool. They were like women with like pink hair and women with this. And do you know what I mean? They were like, at that time, they were like a very different kind of woman, but I was like, but no, they're really all a different kind of white woman. So, and then there was me the first night I met them. I met, um, people in the family. I remember at my table, like I met people who I'm still friends with to this day. Okay. Um, we were like making these jokes and we we're just having a really good time. I was just being Marcia, right? You're like, just having fun. Really, you were being like, who you are. I was being who I was. And we're laughing like pretty soon. Like our table is like the best table right. on the cruise because I'm cracking joke that kind of set the tone like that eased me into it. And okay. then I was more comfortable. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to enjoy myself and stop like trying to look for faults. Okay. Okay. That was probably my first mistake. Um, yeah. so I That's just ended up enjoying you. myself. They right? They got me. They I got really comfortable. comfortable. I was, I was not being watched, but observed. Okay. And then that is when I talked to like, I like talked to Deanne for the first time on my own and without my friend. And I talked to other people and um, other people in the family. 
were getting to know me, you know, like I was doing karaoke on the cruise. We're having a really good time. Sam, who was on in the documentary. Uh, um, uh, I believe he was the marijuana dealer. Yes. Yes. So yeah. he was trying to the do the marijuana farm. The almost, so almost, sorry. almost marijuana. I'm so sorry. Yes. And he was there too. Like he sat next to me at dinner one night and I like instantly got a crush. He was, I mean, those videos, he was charming. It was like being at yes. camp. Yeah. No, and he it, was yes, like the was, cute camp yes. counselor that gets up on stage. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, and then we became buds. Like his number is still in my phone. I just like, we just messaged. And we have day. him on the phone. Just <laughs> oh, I will not be called. I mean, so he would probably legit come on. I could just text him right now. Hey, Sam. 100%. I feel like <laughs> this guy's like, is there, do people listen and follow? I would <laughs> like to do that. Yes. So, but yeah, I get so... attention. I would like that. No shade to him. I get it. Um, There's another guy that was on the, because it wasn't just only LuLaRoe people on the cruise. Like it was a normal cruise um, and LuLaRoe booked people on it. It wasn't until the next year where they had their own boats, like their whole cruise boats. Um, This is like the, the year before it all completely just blew up. So we're still in the beginnings of the cruise. And so they saw some guy on the beach and he was dancing or whatever. And then they like may had him come to one of our leadership things and made him dance. We saw him dancing. He was so cool. Da, da, da. So like he started like coming to our cruise stuff. His family started coming to stuff. Like his family like signed up for LuLaRoe at that time. Like it was like, a, it was this whole thing. I was like, they are collecting black people on the <laughs> ship, on the ship. You- they are collecting black people. And how did I not? How? Like, like we're on a boat. This is not, this is not, NL, this people. is not okay. Well, they are like strategically friend bombing people is what they, it seems yes, like. Yes. Like they did like, and he ended up, that guy ended up working for them for a few years and his wow. family, oh his God. sister and his mom were consultants. Like wow. it's a real thing. Like they were collecting all the black people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you think about like Scientology, right? Like they would go for the famous people, right? In any cult or whatever, even sales, right? You're projecting an image and you need to find the people that give you, oh, look, we're diverse or whatever. Or look, <laughs> right, we yeah. famous people. Or they're entertaining. And that was the thing. I was mm. like, oh my gosh. And at one point during the cruise, I was like, I don't want to be here for anyone's entertainment. I just really want to have a good time. Uh, and so we still were having a good time, you know, whatever. And then while we were on the cruise, um, one of the people in the family, I don't, she wasn't interviewed. It sounds so like a gonna... mob. Every time you say like one of the people in the family. Right. Well, um, like, yeah. so she pulled me aside and she's like, I want you to model for us. Took a photo on Instagram of me. Like it was just after I had a major surgery that cruise, like it was just kind of like 2016 was like a crazy year for me. I just hit the, I'm clear to do physical activity mark. So I remember feeling like strong again mm. and I was doing a yoga pose and the boat was in the background and I just hashtag LuLaRoe cause I was on the cruise and it like, it blew up, like, like LuLaRoe wise blew up. I wasn't even signed up yet. And it was like, boom, Mercy Lula famous. Well, I loved that term Lula famous. They talked about it in the documentary and they were like, oh, if you were featured in an ad, if you were on the Instagram, you know, if you had a picture with Deanna, like you were Lula famous. Yeah. And I like hit all of those. So I got home from the cruise and then like two days later, I got a phone call from Lachey. Um, who was in the documentary, yes. right? The one who didn't want to get on a bunch of boat, boat with a bunch of white people, which I'm oh, like, yeah. yes, because they were collecting black folks. We just established <laughs> that. She's the one who called me and she signed me up like two days later. I was like, how did I get 
I was supposed to be in this for a while. And she's like, I have a note that you are signing up. I got bumped up. You are Tom Cruise in Scientology. That oh. <laughs> you left. I like so, but I left. Um, yeah. I did not quite go clear. So there's that. So I went mm-hmm. to like a little event um, in May, like got to see um, Dan again. Um, the person in the family approached me. She's like, oh my gosh, yes, we have a shoot coming up. I was featured in the 2016 with a, a couple other consultants. Um, the Americana, the 4th of July ad. Like, Please tell me you have all of this. I don't have all those pictures. And it's so funny. I went yes. looking for them. I did that. I still didn't have anyone under me. Here's the thing. I was doing all this, but I was still really on the fence about what I wanted Luda Road, Road to be for me. Okay. I'm selling the clothes and that's where I am. I'm comfortable with mm. selling these clothes. They pursued me as far as like my growth, right? I was at home office the day that right. I was doing the modeling and the photo shoot and all that stuff. I was like, oh yeah, I'm probably not going to go to convention. I'm like, I want to, but I'm probably mm-hmm. not going to go to convention, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And they're like, no, we need you at convention. And I go, why? Like, there's like, what are you talking about? Like, what am I going to do right. at convention? It's just another person. And I go, no, I'm not, I'm not paying for it. And they're like, no, no, no. Like here, this, here's your ticket. And like the ticket, like people were paying like $400 for these convention tickets. Right. And they're just like, no, Marcia, you need to be there. Like, wh- what would we do without you? And I go, you met me five seconds ago. And I didn't even tell anybody. Like, they covered my flight to convention. Mm. They covered my ticket to convention. Um, I modeled for them. I modeled for them at convention. Like, they had new items coming out. And so I was one of the people on the stage for that. Like, and I just, I mean, yes, it was probably for the whole diversity part of it. I wasn't like one of those hard hitters, Lula Famous. I was Lula Famous for the family. Like the family knew exactly who I was, right? Right. I was loving that part of it. I was like, yeah, people don't need to know my name, but they know my name. And that opened a lot of doors for me because the right people liked me. At that point, by the time I was modeling, I'd been officially a consultant for two and a half months. There were all those, there was aspects to it that it was really exciting and really great to get swept up. And like, there was something validating about it where I was like, totally. oh my gosh, these people think that I'm special and that's really great. And then I was, I was doing okay selling. I was like, I want to work on, I was working on a different book at the time, not the one that I'm getting published in January, but a different book at the time. I was like, I really want to work on my book. So, and I want to work on my right. I just want to work on my writing. There are things I want to do. I'm just going to sell LuLaRoe. I was making $2,000 a month. You know, um, I mean, that's pretty incredible. You're making $2,000 a month just by selling, just by selling, just by selling seven days out of the month. Like that's it. And I was also loving it because I started to make friends in LuLaRoe. There are people who like seriously still in my life because, because of LuLaRoe. And hashtag because of LuLaRoe. Uh, so we've got community. We've got yes. some financial stability. Validation. We've got validation. Mm-hmm. We've got a great little mixture of like, why wouldn't you? You know, why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. And so with that, my friend who I had been friends with for a while, I used to work at the school where her kids went. She signed up under me and she's like, I want to do this. And I was like, okay. okay. She got in the queue in October. What? they had a leadership training, right? And it was like, if you're a, you have to be at a certain level to go to leadership, like you have to be a trainer and my upline, like not like my friend was my upline, but her upline, the person who's like head of this, one of the largest teams in LuLaRoe, Mm -hmm. she, she personally called me and she's like, I want you there. I think that this is like, there's really great things that are happening. 
I want you there. We can talk about like the pathways to you getting a trainer. Like my plane ticket got paid for. I got my ticket to the event, all the things that come with it. It was just this huge event in October. And it was after that event. I think I, f- I flew into Chicago and I like, drove to like Indianapolis, like that same day um, for my friend Liz, for her like Lulaversary. Okay. Her downline was going to be there. Lulaversary. Um, I love yeah. it. I so, love right. It. <laughs> and so I was there. I got to meet um, one of my really good friends, Amanda. And that was really what it was. And she was quiet in the corner. And of course, I talked to her. And I remember thinking, I go, gosh, I really don't need like a million people under me. I just love this. Like I love this. Mm. Right. And that was kind of what it was. Like it wasn't even about the clothes. Like the clothes was a super fun part of it. Um, and that's, you know, kept me, you know, paying rent and buying food. <laughs> um, but it was really about like, this, like, oh my gosh, I have like all these great new friends. And so in December, it was, gosh, it was like the second week of December. Someone, my friend reached out, a different, a different friend, completely different friend that I knew from college reached out. And she's like, what is this about these leggings? And I go, what are you talking about? People from LuLaRoe Facebook group saw something. I'm going to send you a picture. There are these leggings that they have for their Christmas line. Cause I didn't order any Christmas leggings, you know, like bells and all these other things. And I'm, I'm just like getting, uh, <sighs> Um, okay. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Are they defective? Are you guys like mad about them? I don't, I don't get it. And she's like, here's a picture. These are supposed to be sock monkeys. <gasps> yeah. First of all, you said these were for Christmas for Christmas for sock what? monkeys for Christmas. That de- First of all, that doesn't even look like a sock monkey. It doesn't look like a sock monkey. It's a terrifying sock monkey. What is sock that sock monkey is Christmas? terrifying. That is the stuff of nightmares. Oh my gosh. And so um, they... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I should take a picture of your faces. I don't even I can't, know like, you guys what are- I do right now with that situation that's before me. Yeah. Um, so I was curious and I was like, can someone tell me what, like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? We were emailing, like, like my, I was like, what is happening? What, how did this, how did this get through any type of design? Anything, right? Like what, what are, what are these? My upline posted, she's like, oh, she is in the LuLaRoe documentary. So I had a, I had a rule before this that I wasn't going to say anyone's name who wasn't in the documentary, but she is in the documentary. Her name is Katie Mae Mooney. She was my upline. She's the one who gives that whole speech about like being a creator or a rescuer and like, why are you giving into drama? It was like towards the end. No, no. Oh, she's she's the one that's like, that's victim mentality. Yes. 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 That I like instantly went back to December of 2016. And wow. how she treated me surrounding this issue. So I reached out to her. They said, LuLaRoe has recalled the leggings. And they are going to, you send them back. And they're going to give you two new pairs of leggings for per pair of sock monkey leggings that you have. They are recalled. We are so sorry. This is the information. Send them back so you can get two pairs of leggings back for yourself. I didn't get these leggings. I didn't. Or, I, I stopped ordering like the specific launch leggings. Because I was like, they weren't worth 
for my itty bitty numbers that I had, I was like, I'm not, I don't buy launches. I didn't even buy the launch that I was a part of that I modeled for. Like, this is not, I don't understand how many people had to okay this design for it to go through. I was like, well, what's going to be done? And she's like, oh, that's going to be forthcoming. Right. Or this is what they're going to do for now. Or I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, Hey, thanks for responding. I'm still trying to sort through some emotions about all of this. I honestly can't believe that out of whatever number of people it takes to approve a design, not one person saw anything wrong with those leggings. I will admit that as a black woman that has experienced racism and racially charged teasing, I'm a bit more alert to just about any and all things racially insensitive, no matter the intent. When they were brought to my attention, I wanted to assume innocence as I did with the headdresses because LuLaRoe has already had like other racially insensitive. They had like headdresses on leggings one time. Like Native was, American. Yes, like headdresses. Oh, but, that's, okay. but here's the thing, like that is totally a thing people do. And it's like, it's not, it was never okay, but it was kind of like, this is what we have, right? Like headdresses Feathers, are really those adorable. Feather headdress patterns were very 2014, 2013. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like it was that time, but I was like, but coon monkeys, maybe not, <laughs> like, but maybe not, maybe not. The coon monkeys. We will not be using that as a quote in our video. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I said it, no, I, but I that's what they I'm... were called, but that's what they were. That's actually what they were called. Oh, like if you guys, if you're, if you guys look, Google coon monkey and put it side by side with that sock monkey puppet, that's what you will see. Is it weird if I Google that? I'm I know, scared. right? Do, I mean, just do, it's fine. You're not, you it's, don't say it out loud. You're, it's but that's me very... Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad vibe. Yeah, but like, like, how did this even? Yeah, how? That's how you know no black people aren't working for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how you know. <laughs> Kristen's like, yep, okay. Um, look, yes. she's, look at her face. She's like, that is a coon monkey. Yes, it is. Do you see that? You see that, don't you, Kirsten? Oh, I do. Yeah. So I said, um, I go, when oh they were brought gosh. to my attention, I wanted to assume innocence as I did with the headdresses last year, as well as with the dream catchers and the Calaveras. I figured the company needed to figure out where they stood on the appropriation slash appreciation argument in these instances. This is different. This goes beyond racial insensitivity. This is a gross lack of awareness that makes me question the company's efforts in embracing and promoting diversity. Mm. Right? That sounds like a perfectly fine email to send to my upline to someone who represents LuLaRoe. Basically, she automatically went into victim mode, right? Like, accusing I'm not a racist. You, yeah. you of being a victim or her? No, being a- her. She went, she's like, oh, I'm not okay. a racist. I don't think it's a lack of awareness. My feelings are hurt that you would think that LuLaRoe would be this. Like, so this is, um, she's wait, wait. like, I just, I want to pause that because I think this is what's so fascinating about LuLaRoe and this cultish mentality. The fact that she's saying, my feelings are hurt that you think this about LuLaRoe. Yes. What? Like I had to do, uh, when I was studying PR in college, I had to do a lot of crisis management study. Mm-hmm. One of the best things that people can, I mean, not best things, but like, it's a great way to diffuse crisis and organizations is you arm your people with language to use to defend the company. So the fact that she took on the personality of this company, she didn't come up with that design. She didn't sell, distribute yep. the leggings. It's so fascinating to me that she immediately took on the persona of the company and defended yeah. it. Like, that's and wild. Like, it was about her feelings and that she was hurt and she can't believe it. So there is a term called Darvo, D-A-R-V-O. Okay. okay. And that is what a lot of people like, like sexual offenders when they're accused sexual offenders and um, people when they legit do racist stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this, th- it's dar- d- that's what they do 
to deflect. D stands for deny. Okay. Um, A is attack. Okay. Right. I didn't do that. Um, you're the one doing it because you're this. And then RVO is reverse victim and offender. So she denied she'd attacked and then she reversed the victim and offender. Wow. And so and here's the thing. I didn't have the language for that now, but like then, but now I do. Now I know. I'm right. like, oh my gosh. So I was like, she's no help. She, mm. and I responded to her and then she just blocked me on Facebook. Like she blocked me on Facebook, even though I am in her downline. Wow. Like, she said in that, in that scene from Lula Rich, she said that she said she was like the delete button is a powerful tool. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. All of that. And she de- like deleted me. Right. And at one point, like she wanted me to be one of her new best friends, all up in my business, all the time, coming to my Instagram as her, not even her LuLaRoe account. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're, at that point, you're serving her. You're serving her, making her look whatever the certain type of way it is. So you're serving mm-hmm. her and now you're no yeah. longer serving her. Yes. And even like in October, when I went to the leadership thing at her parents' house, we had like the pool and we had like all this stuff going on. And she pulled me aside to talk to me about, she wanted to basically build me to be a trainer. Like she had people in the queue that she would put in under me to mm. help her and help, you know what I mean? And like grow her. It was a whole thing. And I was like, Oh God, like, do I even want to do this? Like, I don't want to have like all these extra people. Right. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? under me that I don't know that I'm bringing in. And that was really what it was like how that one girl in the documentary is like, I had like a thousand people on my team and I didn't know who they were. Right. And she was trying to make me that too. Right. Um, like people I didn't know, just like, here, here's a person here, sign up under her. This is her. Aaron said she, yeah, she was. And, um, but the minute, um, she wasn't entertained by me and she wasn't, uh, and, and I was looking to hold her accountable. I was done. And then after that, I was like, something still needs to be done. Like I am so unsettled. I have sold my friends and my family on this company, on my, on my quote unquote business on all of this. And these leggings are out in the world. (laughs) And then, so they said they recalled them. They did this. And so I went and I emailed Justin Lyon. Um, That's Deanne's son-in-law, his wife, Amelia. No way related to me. No, I know I related to you. He actually <laughs> well, used to be. I have a little be... brother named Justin Lyons, so I'm like, this oh is my gosh, my... that's hilarious. It's not my brother. Um, he actually used to be like an executive producer for Yo Gabba Gabba, and they kept telling people that like all the freaking time, and it was quite hilarious. What a um, weird and so like all the time, like all the time, and I was like, please stop. Um, and I emailed him because he was always my contact, right? Okay. Um, and then also Jordan, Jordan, the one who was like, we got to get away from the pyramid scheme. Okay. Like him, he was one of my contacts. Um, dude knew my coffee order, man. Like, <laughs> like, like real talk. Like I'm right. just saying. And His so I emailed called Justin. him an idiot in that Yeah, they really did. That they was really wild. Did. That was, it was real crazy. So I emailed Justin and I was like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, this is hard. No one, everyone just kind of swept this under the rug but there are some underlying issues, right? And um, can, can we talk about this? In writing this email, I realized, everyone's like, yeah, the company apologized and they um, recalled the leggings. I'm going to read you the actual email that LuLaRoe sent. It changed everything as I was writing this email to Justin because I wanted to quote the actual okay. things that they said and like, you know, 
They said, hello, 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 hello. If I ever hear hello, hello again in my life, I just want you to know that. Like, that's a little jet of thing. So they're like, hello, hello, happy Thursday. We would like to extend a sincere thank you to the consultants and customers who have brought to our attention particular legging prints that are culturally insensitive. Here at LuLaRoe, we celebrate and honor the diverse cultures represented by our LuLaRoe family across the world, and we never intend to offend. We intend to continue to bless lives and strengthen families. That was their whole thing there. Right, um, right. As a result of your feedback, we have immediately stopped production of the sock monkey print leggings, pulled them from the shipping lines, and will no longer be sending them out. If you or any of your customers would like to return these leggings, we will gladly take care of you. We encourage customers to return those leggings print to any LuLaRoe retailer, even if they did not buy those leggings from you. Then for you as a consultant, you follow the original return protocol. There will be a section for, they basically told by how, how to do it. They go, once we receive your leggings, we will then send you two pairs of leggings back to you for every single pair that we receive. Once again, we thank you for your openness, trust, and care in this amazing brand by bringing these things to our attention. Our artists strive to create pieces and prints that are beautiful, unique, fun, inspiring, and respectfully designed. Going forward, we will continue to monitor our creative content and more actively evaluate our art with a sharper lens. So this is missing two things, two very important things from an apology and a recall. Nowhere in that document did they actually apologize or recall those leggings. The words were, we didn't intend to offend. And the recall portion was, if you would like to return them. Mm. what they did was rely on their reputation or assumed goodness and let people interpret it at no point did they say we are real sorry y'all <laughs> at no point an apology has to actually have an apology attached to it and mm. a recall says these are being recalled like you may not sell them they did not tell people that they may not sell them you said something to me a long time ago that you said a public offense or a public hurt deserves a public apology. And yes. I have, and I, that was a few months ago. I did not hurt you, by the way. It was not I, I mean, I'm sure else. I have, or I'm not, <laughs> that sounded, what I'm saying is I was not the, the reason for that, but that ha hit me in such a way. And I think about that often because I think ultimately, like we have to be available to listen when we have messed up but also we can learn when other people mess up, okay, what did they do wrong? And how, so I don't hurt people or at yeah. least I don't hurt people as much as I could have. Cause we're all human beings. We can't always have it right, but we can always make it right. Yes. And a, a components of an apology. So I teach social skills. Like that's mm -hmm. what I do. I, so acknowledgement of the wrongdoing, like okay. actually you acknowledge what I did was wrong. Okay right? And this is why I know what I did was wrong. Okay. Right. Not, I didn't intend to do you wrong. Say I did this wrong. This is why this thing was wrong. Right. Cause intent versus impact comes in here. Mm. Then it all, you also have to say, you know what I mean? Like I am sorry for this. Mm. or I apologize for this. Mm. Right. Then you say, what can I do? Like, this is how I'm going to make it up for you. It up to you. Right. Mm. Or, or, and slash, or what else can I do to make it up to you? Because it's not up to you to decide what the appropriate amount of restitution is for someone that you hurt. 
you, it's not up to you like that. And that's a real thing. And I have to remember that too. Cause if I hurt someone and I say, I'm sorry, um, this is like, I'm going to do this. What else can I do? Right. Cause you can't gauge. And like, at no point did they go, they didn't say, I'm sorry. They said it wasn't our intent to offend. Right. Okay. Yes. Like I, I get that. I, yes, that a lot of people can say those lines, right. It wasn't, I offended you and I am sorry. Mm. There's a difference in those words there. That is super cagey. It's not a recall. They said, if you would like to return them. Mm. Which is to me is, is almost making the person that like the other person culpable. Cause it's like, well, if this was too hard for you, then you send it back. Yes. Not this was a damaging and wrong thing. Yes. It is damaging and wrong. And most companies, if something's wrong and there's like a recall, whatever, they are making restitution before they get those things back. So it's like, you know what? Tell me how many pairs of sock monkey leggings you got. I instruct you to tear them up and throw them away. And I will send you leggings back times two. Tell them, hey, these are how many pairs of leggings that I have. Here's a picture of it with this actual like right unique number in the picture. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Like, however you need to do it. By the way, the right apology, Daniel Tiger sings about it. Saying I'm sorry is the first step. Then how can I help? Oh my gosh. See, Daniel Tiger knows what's up. Hello. I just, I'm like, I wouldn't want to know that there could look ultimately somebody could lie and wear them, but like, I wouldn't want to know oh, I people did. everything I could possibly do to get those leggings out of the world. Listen, there was a whole faction of women who were out there looking for those leggings and they were willing to pay upwards of a hundred dollars to get their hands on them. And because they're horribly were willing racist to sell them. or yes, horribly racist yes. or because they were like, this is a like, the controversy, right? Yes. This is Both. like going to make, here's the part that I had a, I had like a, it was two, two parts. The, the native American headdress thing. I think there are some ignorant people who could say, but at least that's still a cute design. And I don't agree with them, but they could still wear them and they would be cute. These are ugly. They're not only are they offensive, but you they're can't terrifying. even say they're ugly. They are so terrifying. And and the other part of the apology that really frustrated me was there. What apology? Uh, you, that's true. The other part. Of, the their other part statement. of this their statement, statement was the we will continue to quality control. And I'm like, y'all didn't quality control, didn't quality control from the beginning. We will change our method of quality. Like I, I totally, that was the part to me. I, I actually missed now that you mention it. You're right. They didn't apologize. I missed it. Was yeah. The, the part that got me was we will continue to <laughs> what? Yeah. This is what happens when you make a list of all the jobs you need for your billion dollar company and you bring your family and you're like, who can do what? Yeah, no, you cannot do that. And that's what happened. Like, if you want to branch out and have people like communities of color, you know, like you can't be insensitive to this. Like you, Mm -hmm. you know, I I was basically like offering strategies and I got nothing and it was really hurtful all during this time. It was starting in October. I started crocheting this blanket for Deanne, uh, the LuLaRoe symbol. Mm-hmm. That if you pull it from the top, it turns into a pyramid. That's but, what uh, Aaron said. Um, but anyway, it's like their logo um, is an aerial like, view of a yeah. pyramid. Everyone in my circle, like from Lularoe, all these people, 
everyone was convinced that there was no way Deanne knew um, exactly what happened and what's going on. Like she's so busy. She didn't know. There's no way she knew. And also because who she purported to be, like she seemed like such right. a loving maternal like, yeah. figure. It was like she, like other people were handling this. She didn't know that this was hurting me. She didn't know this was happening. Here's the thing. I kind of believed it. Do you know I, what I mean? Like I yeah. was kind of like, maybe you're right. Um, that's fine. I still was doing my LuLaRoe thing. January was a hard month. Like it was a whole, like I lost a ton of my inventory um, because I didn't lock my storage locker, but then I didn't have the right insurance to claim anything. Like it was just a whole, but also it was one of those things where like mentally I was so broken down that I actually did nothing about it. Right. Like I was like, yeah. just whatever. It's yeah. fine. I still sold what I had and I went to like um, inventory swap. So I always had fresh inventory to sell online, mm. did what I could do. And then in, um, in that whole time, I was just waiting for a response, like waiting for someone to acknowledge my hurt and waiting for them to say, this is how we're going to make it better. And looking back, I realized that at some point I started getting handled because the next person I talked to about it was the PR person that they hired. Like they all kind of closed drinks. Like no one from the family talked to me. Mm. Like no one, no one talked to me. Um, I'm pretty sure that I was blocked, but not Deanne. Deanne, I'm still Deanne's friend on Facebook. Something that I think is so, to, I'm just like, to be so love bombed, right? To be so chosen. To be told I was family. I was, I was legit family. offered the weight loss surgery in, like, in August, October of 2016 at that leadership conference that I went to, um, where I did, I wasn't anywhere near leadership, but you know, where they were going to like pad my downline. Deanne also talked to me. She's like, Hey, call me. Um, she's like, can you call me after Christmas? We're going to talk about you coming to Tijuana with us. Like you're going to like come to Mexico with us. Um, so you can also get the surgery, like, just be like, oh yeah. Like not even ask me if I'm okay with my body and how, it yeah. Were you offended? I would have been like, uh, I mean, I like, she made it sound like I'm bestowing this gift upon you. She's like, you should come. You can be a part of the in crowd. And I was like surgery. And here's the thing. I just had surgery earlier that year and I hate surgery. Like I hate surgery. I've had five in my life and I was like, oh, that's not a thing that's happening. And then she's like, well, think about it. Right. Like there was that. She's like, I know that you don't have a downline yet. So if you need help, you just let us know. Like basically like we will pay for you to take this. They they wanted me. They wanted basically were trying to build me to be like them without doing any of the work that all the other people had to do. Cause I didn't, I didn't do any of the work that the other people had to do, but I was just in, I was already, I was just in right away. I just think about the idea of you are family. We're here for you. You're special, but it's like this element of like, everybody's circling around you until you say something that a normal person in a family, a healthy family would say, my feelings are hurt. I got hurt. And then it's like the shunning yeah, and and just that pain. And they kind of closed ranks. They closed ranks. Like I didn't hear from any of them four months after all of this shakes Mm -hmm. out. um, I finished the blanket. We had like a regional type meeting and okay home office people came. So Deanne was there. Kenny was there. Jordan was there. We were all there. I have a video of that. 
Okay. <laughs> and I will, I can send you that too. If yeah, you please like. do. We were at the lead and I did the blanket and I had it and I was like, Hey, Kenny, like, and these are, and here's the thing. I really thought the family didn't know. Right. Because I was like, they saw me, they waited until I saw them first and I approached them. Okay. Right. And so like, and so me being like, Hey, so then they knew they were okay. And then they like, that's what happened. Mm. I was like, Hey, ask me for Dan. I'm going to hide it. We're going to present. I'm going to present it later. And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. Right. I put it under a table and we were like all giddy excited. Um, I saw, I saw Jordan, the one who his whole family called him an idiot, who knows my coffee order. And I, I remember telling him, um, oh, during the regional meeting, they called me out and they made me, they like had me sing or whatever. Once again, I'm entertainment. And mm. so like I sang like whatever that was, Deanne hadn't seen me yet at that time. Like she wasn't there yet by the time they okay. were doing all the other stuff. So she got there and then they're like, oh, we have someone who has a presentation for you. And like, and then um, she sees me, she's like, Marcia, right? And then I was like, hey, Dean, I gave this whole speech where I got like choked up about how she's so inspiring. And oh my God, it's like so cringy to watch now. Like it's so cringy. I'm wow. wearing 900 layers of LuLaRoe clothing. <laughs> I am like, and I give this whole speech and then I tell her I've been working hard on this blanket for her for six months and I crochet this blanket and well, and I remember when I was walking up there, she was so excited to see me. She's like, oh my gosh, Marcia. She's like, are you going to sing? And I was like, no, I already did that. She's like, and then she's telling her, she's like, Marcia can sing guys. She was on American Idol. And I was like, I was not on American Idol. <laughs> I tried out for American Idol and she's like, it's the same thing. And it was like so sweet. It was one of those things like, like a mom or an aunt trying to like hype up mm. their, like their yeah. family. And that's like, she was like everyone. I remember. And it's so crazy to see that moment. Like I saw it last night for like the first time in like five years or four years, you know? Um, yeah. And I remember I was like, no, like this woman legit loved me or, mm. you know, like, you, and, like I was kind of, and you know, and then I, I talked to Jordan afterwards and I said, Jordan, I need to talk to you guys. I don't think that you guys know, um, about what I've been going through these last few months. And he's like, Oh yeah. About the sock monkey leggings. And I was oh. like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Um, we were told not to talk to you. And uh, it was like, yeah, we couldn't talk to you. And I was like, right. But like, I was like, Jordan, he's like, yeah, we were told not to talk to you, not to address it. And we had to talk to our PR person and that was it. And he's like, but you're okay. Cause you're here. So obviously everything worked out. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm here. Um, and, uh, So they all knew, um, mm. no one talked to me, no one, um, wanted to be accountable. No one realized that, um, how awful that was. And, and I was the only one going through that. It was a big deal to me, but it was like really, really small in the grand scheme of LuLaRoe because, mm. 
no one else calls him out about it. And, you know, I have to, every person I told, like I talked about the sock monkey leg, legging issue ad nauseum to the point where, and I get not, and I say ad nauseum and may, like, I didn't tell the same person about it all the time that every single time that I told someone about it, no one else picked up on the fact that there was no apology and no recall. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, it really got swept under the rug. They're like, if you ignore her, she'll go away. Instead of she's a person and she deserves to be heard. And And she's she's hurt. Someone that we are allowing her to believe that she is this close with us, you know? And I think, I mean, obviously we've learned through the course of these four episodes. And obviously this was also before the issues with the moldy leggings and all these different things. Yeah, this is before all of that, before people lost money, before they changed everything. But, you know, what was their thing? Like strong families, stronger lives, blessing lives, strengthening families. I don't know if they started that and then greed got in the way. I I don't know. I think that's exactly what happened. I do. I do. I firmly believe that they started and greed got in the way. And And I think what's so hard is that when we step on people, it's the use mm-hmm. when we don't see a person as a human being, yeah. whether it's a company, a nation, a nonprofit, a school, mm-hmm. a friendship, yeah. when we don't see that person as a human being and we see how that person can serve us because we've got our own shit and our own wounds, mm-hmm. we're just, we just tend to bleed on everybody else. And the aftermath is that there's a person that's really, really hurt. And that yeah. wasn't given the, um, the dignity of that yeah. this wasn't okay. And, and what a, a, another testament to the fact that they didn't have diversity, the fact that you were the only person that brought it up. I was the only person that like could tell. And here's the thing. I was even, when I talked to the PR person, um, who I think that I don't know what she thought her job was. Her job is like, we legit still follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> and like, it's the weirdest thing because I was like, what does she have to say about all this? Um, and I offered, I was like, Hey, I train people on communication. I trade them on this. I do this. Like I would really love to help LuLaRoe grow in this area. Like, what can we do? I'm sure that the family doesn't know, but I would love to, you know what I mean? Like I was certain that they didn't know this was going on. But looking back, I was like, how stupid was I? I didn't talk to them for four months. That's not stupid. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think that's stupid. I think that's someone who believed someone when they said, we care about you. And I think that's like anything when you're cheated on, when you're, I mean, that's somebody believing something because that person was dishonest. And yeah. And I, I will never forget. It was April 24th like 2016. And when he said, yeah, we were told not to talk to you. God, I feel like an idiot right at Mm. this point. And I'm keeping this to myself and I'm not saying anything. And I didn't tell anyone else because the whole time I just want, I was like, I just want to burn it all down, but I have a ton of people who have invested a lot in LuLaRoe, um, people I really care about who it would hurt if I went out there and just told the whole story, showed 
all my receipts, all the emails, you know what I mean? All those things. And I was like, cause I knew it. I was like, this is not going to hurt the family or it's not going to hurt LuLaRoe. It's going to hurt the little retailers. It's going to hurt the retailers who are my friends. But then you took on all that hurt. I just took, I had never. Um, mm. And then the two months, it took me two months to decide to leave, to actually stop. And my friend who was my downline, I told her, like we were out to dinner and um, then I later told her, I was like, I'm not going to be in LuLaRoe anymore. And I found out like later, like she was really angry with me. Like she didn't understand what was so like, she was hurt because I was, she's like, you got me in this and now you're leaving. And uh, like, you know, and like, and I, um, that caused a strain in our relationship for a while. Um, but I didn't, she didn't know what I knew. Like No one knew what I knew. I think what breaks my heart about all of this is that the thing that you love so much about it was community and relationships and the thing that broke you and broke other people with the community and relationships. I know that you still have friends yeah. from that, which I is do. amazing. I still have, yeah. And I, I still have, yeah. I, I t- that's how I met Amanda. Cause I don't think we were recording when I was talking about Amanda. Said something really beautiful that I would love for you to repeat. And you said the the best thing that I got out of it was the friendships. I thought yeah. That was. that was the best thing I got. Out. Like those people, like those women, um, because even though Deanna and Mark and the whole Brady Stidham startup family were not genuine, um, the women that I met were, yeah. um, most of them, and they were amazing. And I have, I, um, they were the same women who, when I was going through my hysterectomy, who sent me care packages and made sure I had um, what I needed. They were um, the same women who grieved with me when Amanda died from cancer. Mm. Um, they are the same women who anytime I'm in any of their towns, they're like, yes, you have a place to stay. Look me up. Like none of us sell LuLaRoe anymore, except for one person. I have those women. I have that support system. And that has been, if I would have lost all of them, I still even have my friend who I signed up under me. Um, she and I are still friends and the other people that we've met from, do you know, that time, yeah. and, like in the year of 2019, Amanda died in February. Hmm. I ended up having to have a hysterectomy April 1st, which hmm. sucked. Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah. those are the women who made sure I had what I needed that checked on me. Like everyone else did too, but also those women. And that's because for us, it was about more than that money and more than that skirt. We weren't each other's competition. That was huge. I I was going to say that was something that was really cool about LuLaRoe because everybody got different pieces. It created this sisterhood and this camaraderie Mm -hmm. that I feel like is actually pretty incredible that you weren't, you were support, you weren't competition. Yeah. Yeah. The people who did compete with other women in the company, those are the ones who were insecure. Mm. If they saw it as a competition, that was like, um, and here's the crazy thing. I learned a lot of really good stuff from LuLaRoe, like rising tide lifts all ships. And like Kenny said that mm-hmm. all the time, or when they talked about when Kate and me was talking about the empowerment dynamic, I learned all of that because that's good information. And I got all that from there, but and we all internalized it, but they didn't live it. We still use that for our relationships and our lives and our own personal growth, even though LuLaRoe, the company that gave us that, those tools didn't live that. And I have, okay, so I have to say this because I don't, I, I want to make sure that this is 
clear. And it's, I haven't thought about this in such a long time. Um, like it really was a long time. It wasn't until this documentary came out, but then, um, over the last week, I've gotten a chance to reflect and to think about it and realize that if it weren't for everything that I went through with LuLaRoe starting December of 2016 through my fade out in June of 2017, I wouldn't have had the tools and the strength and the foresight to get through 2020 and the gaslighting and the racism and recognizing um, what was good for me, bad for me. Um, I cut out relationships so fast. And I know that sounds awful, right? I just cut people off. But like, I I had that slow death with Lularo, right? The sock monkey issue was only like, the actual leggings were less of a problem than my slow decline in relationship and um, my exit, right? Like the sock monkey leggings, finding out about them, being mad about them took up one day of my life. Then there was like six more months of it where I was hopeful and hurt and, you know, that's, and a lot. that's grief. That's a whole yeah. long time. And it really did impact my life because I didn't buy inventory and I didn't like, I need, I had to get a sec. I had to get like two part-time jobs that still didn't make ends meet. I, you know what I mean? Mm. Like it was just a, and you were so isolated. You were isolated by the family and then you were isolated demographically because nobody else was really experiencing this in your community. Yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't talk to the people who were still in it. I didn't, I was protecting, I was protecting my friends who were still in it. So it was just me carrying it. And I remember thinking, man, it was just me. I made a big deal out of it. My gosh, what's wrong with me? But looking through the lens of coming out of 2020, I realized like, no, I wasn't wrong to be upset. I wasn't wrong to be hurt. I wasn't wrong to have this, you know, still impact me in some ways. Knowing what Um, you know now, would you do anything differently? Here's the thing. I want to say yes. I want to say yes so bad. I want to be like, yeah. I'd be like, don't get on the boat, Marcia. They're collecting black people. (laughs) I would, you know what I mean? Or just say, this is a fun cruise or don't do it. Um, But Amanda, right? But, Mm. but Liz, and I don't want to name everybody, but because I'm like, I don't know if they want their names to be on this, but, but everyone, right? But them. And that's where it really helped me recognize, um, who is in my corner and who is not. Okay. I just had this thought. So, you know, you've been on our podcast more than anyone. (laughs) And, um, but I was thinking that, you know, when you came on our podcast, it was our first episode. We didn't really know the format. We knew little bits. We knew we wanted to play mash. We knew we had questions. We didn't really even understand, you know, as we didn't know what this was yet. (laughs) No, as you were talking, you were like, oh my gosh, this was the moment. The moment was when I felt like this guy said he was going to go become a priest. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this, this, the beauty of having you on so much. And is that everyone's story is constantly unfolding. And I think sometimes we just want to put somebody in a box, whoever they are. We talk about that a lot on this show. And, and the fact is, is that we're just all as human beings, so 
multi-layered and we've had experiences and like, what a gift that you've been able to give us in these moments of sharing who you are, because like, I hope our listeners see that not only I created this to know that they're not alone, but also that like, we're so much more united than we are divided. That's not even what I meant to say. That felt like a political speech. Like we're, we're just <laughs> can, my can fellow I, American, yeah, please. Can my I, fellow crushed Americans. <laughs> can I throw something in there? That's kind of what, what's really standing out to me. And I noticed it a little bit in the documentary, but you've really backed it up. The part of this that's so devastating is, and I'll say the LuLaRoe team, not specifically Mark and Dan, but they clearly had a talent for community building. They recognized a population of specifically women who needed to be empowered and needed to be filled up with love. And if they had used their skills for good, imagine what could have happened in communities. And if they had not used it for greed, and it's like, it's beautiful that I'm like, there's something there. You know, there's, there's something there that could have and wasn't. And that's the part that's devastating. And I think about if they had taken you on when you said, Hey, this is what I do. Like, Oh my gosh. Where could they be today? Might not not be there. Like, Oh, please. Can you come and let's have a, Oh, wow. You're really good. Great at this. We'd love to hire you. Or like, what it's just like, it's fascinating to me. To be fair, I don't think their egos ever would have. Of course, but I just, I I I know what you mean. As a human being watching this, I'm like, how many times have I messed things up? Because I I wasn't humble enough to see that I didn't know what I was doing Mm -hmm. and I needed help and I messed up and I need help. And just what a gift who you are, literally who you are. And I'm so grateful that you are our friend and my friend and, but like. I'm Aaron's friend. Yeah, I said our and then mine. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. I can't imagine how hard this was to kind of all reflect on. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I'm fine. It was good to talk to you guys. Like I said, I'm glad that it was you guys. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.